Yeah. Okay. This week on Erotic Awakening, Southwest Leather Conference, exhibitionism, and more se simple sex tips. BDSM and non-standard relationships. Power exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well, well as simply, simply fun kink. kink. You'll find shows on all these topics and everything Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Oh, hi, Dan. Hi, Dawn. Is okay. you sure there's nothing else to say? Oh, there is. Oh, where's the hi, Dawn? Never mind. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right, right now. now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dawn. Now Dan. is when you say that. See, you are so thrown it's not off on there. by my delicious looking Your apple pie. pie. That's all that. I can smell that. is apple yeah. pie. Oh, my God. For those watching on the podcast they will see me i'm eating a delicious apple pie as we podcast for those listening via smellcast you can smell <laughs> smell-o-vision is that what it was smell-o-vision something like that yeah. yeah so oh my god does it smell good and it looks fantastic <laughs> as well today on the podcast we're going to talk about what you get out of exhibitionism or public play mm -hmm. as well as we have a wonderful interview with one of the key members of the Southwest Leather Conference, who was there at the very beginning of the conference. Right. And then we are also going to get into our more simple sex tips. Might be very valuable for people coming up with the oh, holiday season. Valentine's the Valentine's Day. Yes. Yeah, so our little Hallmark holiday. Yes. <laughs> How are you? I'm okay. Good. I'm tired. My eyes are burning. I'm tired. I, I still have <laughs> a bit of the cold left from the uh, weekend. <coughs> Well, at the winter wickedness. I only had about four hours of sleep last night, so I did a. Why is uh, that? Well, I had a full weekend stint here at the space, so we had a Midwest Olympus contest. Mm. So had a nice leather contest during the day, and then had a Polly Columbus unslumber party. Mm -hmm. So late last night, well, it didn't go <laughs> too late, but yeah. So it was kind of fun during the Polly <laughs> unslumber. unslumber party. Uh -huh. You and me and another couple were standing there talking. Mm -hmm. And I had to excuse myself. I said, I'm sorry, I'm off on a date. And I had to leave right. to go somewhere else. Yeah, it was true. It so, was true. So you were on a date. We had some podcast listeners. So actually there last night. We did, we and did. And a new couple that were at our first poly e event. are those podcast listeners. Yes, Not yes. saying their names. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> and um, then we had a new couple come to the Unslumber Party last night. And they may become new podcast <laughs> listeners. So I actually so. had some interesting conversations with her. I hope she comes back. So they were both nice people. One of the uh, bits of feedback we did not get is how annoying it is when to people that I eat apple pie during the podcast. Oh, yeah? Right. We, but, used, to, we used to eat all kinds ooh. of weird stuff during the podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember us talking about um, we shouldn't because you would listen to a podcast where they ate their cereal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then we weren't going to, but because no one's watching, we just kind of <laughs> sneak it in a little bit. So, but, yeah. One of the other pieces of feedback. Now, recently today I got a piece of feedback via the FET mail about somebody who finds that um, the podcast is very valuable to them and mm -hmm. helping them un understand kink. And one of the podcasts we're going to do re soon is going to be, what if I'm kinky and my partner is not? We've um, talked about that in the past, yeah, but yeah. we're going to review that. But... And we probably get, I don't know, dozens. We get, on a regular e regular cadence, we get feedback from people. Oh, yeah, regular life cadence. Or via yeah. life or yeah. via email saying, you know, the podcast Absolutely. is valuable to them. Mm -hmm. But 
The one that I remember, of course, is a few weeks ago I read a review of the podcast that said we talk about local events too much. And for oh. some reason, that's the one stuck in my head. That's course, the one stuck right? in your head, right? Oh, we always talk about local events. That's our thing. That's what we do. But well, we do. there are a lot of national events, but... You know, yeah. it, my, my reflection, Rob, first off, it's interesting that I, I, I connect to the one bit the one of criticism versus the 20 nice things. And you always tell me not to do that. But the other part is, it's not that we are talking to me about local events so much, mm -hmm. is that we talk about our real experience. Right. And our real experience happens to be we went to the Poly Unconference or the Poly Slumber, Unslumber Party. Right. And we went to the Midwest Leather Olympus. Yeah. It's not that they're just local events. And we do pitch some local events because we want people to be able to join us if they are mm -hmm. local. But part of it is, this is our experience. This is what we do. Mm -hmm. We're not... The podcasters who have read some great books and then want to share their views on things. Right. We are similar to when you listen, and not that you do, but <laughs> if you watch ESPN, there's some football analyst that that's all they've ever done is be football analyst. Right. And sometimes you hear the football player's perspective. Right. And it's very different sometimes. It is and not very to say different. that both one's not valuable and the other is one's valuable. From on the field and actually yeah. holding that football and. Feeling those emotions. Exactly. So today's podcast is a um, emotional and in-depth review <laughs> of... Actually, we're going to talk about something that happens at the space fairly regularly, uh -oh. at least for us. So Don, what do you get out of exhibitionism and or public play? Do you, are you an exhibitionist? Yes. Okay. I am. This was actually asked by somebody locally. <laughs> <laughs> I had lunch with them, and they asked me the question. So for our German listeners, don't walk in front of the camera unless you want to be on our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> One of the co-directors of the space is walking through as we go. So, Don, do you consider yourself an exhibitionist? I do. Okay. So, And um, it's kind of funny because if you knew me 18 years ago, that was probably the furthest thing from my mind. I was painfully shy. Right? Body conscious, too. Body conscious, mm -hmm. painfully shy, um, yeah, naughty in my head, but not so much in my experience yet. Mm -hmm. So, um, and there may have been, oh, I just had a, a fantasy run through my head that used to be part of my uh, wanking fodder. So, yeah, <laughs> so I have had thoughts of being watched, uh -huh. right? But at that point in my life would never have acted upon it. I, so. I seem to recall one of the stories in our Slut Stories and Power Exchange, the book that we published, mm -hmm. uh, includes some exhi uh, more than one includes exhibitionism oh, type stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Some of the fannies, fantasies mm -hmm. included exhibitionism, and some of the actual stories that happened have exhibitionism. And actually, over the weekend at, um, what, two weekends ago at Winter Wickedness, um, the, the, in the dungeon, there was um, hardly any play furniture available. Actually, there was no play furniture available. And the person that was going to play with me, she asked me if I just wanted to go back to the hotel room. And I was like, no, actually, I don't. Uh -huh. I want to play in front of people. Right. So, you know, this is, my, this is my opportunity to do that. So I'd like to do that. So we made a play spot in the dungeon so that we could play. Any idea and, what, you, what it is that you get out of it? Um... I don't know, but there's definitely a thrill, right? It's for me, it feeds into my slut play fantasies. It feeds into just the extreme naughtiness. It's a, um, it used to be a little bit of a shock factor. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Yeah, just all of that. And I'm not exactly sure what it is. I mean, there's the the pure exhibitionism, like where you're in a dungeon and you know right, people right. are watching you. Yeah. And there's also the public play where no one's around, so you can get away with a little bit of naughtiness and just but that, that little caught. thrill, but you might get caught. You don't want to get caught, but you might get caught, right? right? The picnic table on top of the cliff overlooking the lake. Uh-huh. What was that, like 6 o'clock in the morning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's no one else is up in the whole damn campground. You have to walk down a half-mile path to get to this picnic table that most people don't know about, right? And, yes, you could get caught, but hopefully you would hear them crunching down the path. And, yeah, so, hell, even as a teenager, we used to park down at the ferry slip, mm-hmm. right? One way in, one way out, you know, you're fooling around in the car with your boyfriend. Another car starts coming towards you. You flash your light so they don't finish coming back down, you know. Right. And, but it's that, still that whole fear of being caught because, and um, I don't know. I mean, two different experiences, exhibitionism and the public play, but all still thrilling. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you play in front of people. Do you have yeah. an exhibitionist streak or... It's tricky when I play in front of other people. When I and this is topping, I think that there is some value. I like the energy of playing and having yeah. people watch, but I also it's very challenging, very tricky. You don't get into your head with oh, I'm on display, I'm True. on stage, so I got to put on a good show. Mm-hmm. So for me, there's a matter of yeah, maybe there's some level of exhibitionism, but I still want to stay. In connected with that other person, that it's about me and her. If other people, if to find out other people are watching later, or to glance around and notice that somebody's watching is kind of a neat mm-hmm. addition, but it's not. Um, I don't know if it's a primary thing, and it's also very important for me to not play for them, but to play for me and the person I'm with. Okay, so not an ego trip, sort right. of thing. Sure. Actually, we've been in small dungeons before where um, people have watched us. And we finished our scene, and then we went and played in a private corner where nobody was watching and had some slightly better scenes. Sure, So yeah. that happens, too. So. And especially where you and I are doing the presenter thing, right? Right. We'll be at Kinky College. We'll teach a class about spanking. And then we go do a spanking scene in the dungeon, right. and you've got the people from the class that are kind of like, now they're like watching and judging your technique and right. stuff, which is completely legitimate, but it detracts from your ability to, to actually have an enjoyable scene. Yeah, so we sneak off and go do something else and connect a little bit more. But but what do I get out of it? I yeah. just don't know that I can verbalize it, except that it's naughty, mm-hmm. right? You know, look at me, look what I'm doing, you know, and, and you see all my bits and, uh, yeah. And how I got from being painfully shy to being such an exhibitionist, I have no clue. I mean, you were part of that, mm-hmm. right? You knew that was a fantasy of mine and pushed me in yeah, that direction. Yeah, part of it, but... part of the way you got there is by us being involved in the local scene and mm-hmm. seeing other people and seeing all the different body types and seeing oh, that other yeah. people were out there playing and that it was an acceptable and okay thing for them to do and maybe it was okay for us to do too. Yeah, and that, that I think that fed into the drive of it because that helped me get through a little bit of the, um, the body image issues. Mm-hmm. Right. So and then once I could get through some of the body image issues, it kind of released that little floodgate of, ooh, this is a possibility. And people will find it hot regardless of what my body looks like. Right. 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 That was a big thing to get through. And um, 
I mean, I just, I like it now. And I'm trying to think if it's still as powerful as it once was. Because like at Winter Wickedness, Mm -hmm. nothing for me to walk around in just panties and bra through the whole thing or be naked in the dungeon or play with somebody. And and, and I'm like, okay, so how, how... how naked do you want me to be? And usually the answer is as naked as you want to be, right? And I strip it all off. It, it's just, <laughs> it's nothing now. And um, so I, but I still want to be watched, but I'm not so sure it's as tantalizing as it once was. Oh, too. sure, sure. But all so of you it, get a right, little jaded. Yeah, and that's normal. It's mm-hmm. not like it's this big, you know, uh, thrilling, I've never done this before sort of thing. It's, yeah. it's not that that it's old hat, but it's certainly not breaking new grounds or right. like bringing a fantasy to life yeah. again. Right. And again and again. And again, <laughs> right. Um, so. One of the challenges I have with being an ex, with being a voyeur mm-hmm. is there's this weird, if you're in the dungeon and you're playing, there's an, a, there's an acceptance of voyeurism. Yes. You're in a public place playing. There's an acceptance that you're going to be watched in this public place. Right. And why most of us are in the dungeon. <laughs> right. I still get a little weird about not having that express, clear consent. Oh, yeah. That people, you know. And, you know, for that matter, watching might be fine. But if I'm getting, you know, physically aroused and really turned on, the they might mess with their headspace. Yeah. So I like having that very clear um that very clear consent that, because I feel, here's the challenge, as a voyeur, I feel part of the scene. So I like to be part, so I kind of feel like, well, I kind of want to be part of that negotiation, which never actually happens. Right. Right? You're not there as that that aspect of the scene. So that's one of my little head things that I I have to deal with. I wonder if it's because we're we're impasse, right? So we're tapping into their emotions and their energy, and it kind of feels like, wait, we shouldn't be doing that, but it's how we're built. Mm, and I don't know about we being impasse from that perspective. That's not the problem that I have. Really? Um, yeah. Because I feel like, I think that's why I feel like I'm part of their scene is because I'm actually feeling what's going on. Uh-huh. So I actually had a, uh, a neat experience at Winter Wickedness in that I'm not usually a voyeur, right? I'll watch a scene if it's interesting just because it's interesting, but I'm not usually one to get excited and turned on by watching other people's scenes, right? right. I'm more the exhibitionist than the voyeur. But, um, or so I think, because there was two scenes last weekend that I could not help myself but stop and watch. Uh-huh. And one of them I was... I bet I know what one of them is, but go ahead. Yeah? Well, one, well there was three, but there was two that I, I, I'm really thinking of. But part of it was because it was envious. Oh. It was like, oh, that's so fucking naughty Neat. and hot. I would love to be that girl in that cage that's eating out that girl sitting on the bench that just got fucked by that guy. Okay. You know, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And just watching it in that perspective and, like, replacing myself in that scene uh-huh. back and forth, that's hot. Which one are you thinking of? Uh, there was one that somebody involved a mirror and making, oh, you didn't see that? I didn't see that. Oh, you know, the people. But, um, and I don't want to talk about their scene on the air, but, you know, they involved a mirror and the person being forced to look at themselves, to see themselves. That was very deep. I thought that was a very cool scene. See, now I'm the weird sort of exhibitionist that it doesn't matter who's watching. So uh-huh. it can be me watching me doing right. things and 
I'm an exhibitionist, even though I'm the one watching. And actually, in front of a mirror is pretty fucking hot. I would bad. like to have seen that. So, yeah. It is not bad. If you would like to watch us play or get a hold of us for any other reason, you can get a hold of us via the contact form at eroticawakening.com. There you're going to find ways to contact us as well as where we're going to be presenting past podcast episodes, link to the newsletter, and other stuff. And you can also find us on FetLife. So we um, are the owners of the group, the FET group called Erotic Awakening, two words, and just look for us there. That's how that's how a lot of people contact us. They do. FetLife, though. So I understand the substance service event is coming up. It is. So it's the second weekend of April. We were just talking about that in the director's meeting. So if you want a full day of learning how to do service for your top or whoever it is that you give service for, we actually teach skills during this. So it's a full day of skills. And I believe it is a cigar service, um, uh, a prep bag, a slave bag sort of mm-hmm. thing. A slave bat, our bat's going to do that. Uh, I think there's massage and uh, a couple of other things. So actual, oh, lap dancing. Oh. Oh, yeah, lap dancing for all body types. Hmm. What's the date on that? (laughs) You can't go. It's for submissives only. (sighs) Yeah, but I can send submissives there. (laughs) That is very true. Uh That Uh is very true. So so that is the second weekend in April. Um, Just contact me on FET or the comment form if uh, you have any questions, and I can send you to the link. Fair. So I keep that limited to 20 people. Mm-hmm. And um, give yeah, it more so of that intensive absolutely together it's, learning these things yes, sort of feel. It's one class at a time, so everybody's in the same environment together. I provide lunch, and yeah, this is the seventh year, the seventh, the okay. seventh substance service. Very cool. Six year seventh event. So my understanding is, and I've got the old iPhone. Uh, I don't have an iPhone anymore, but I have the Droid <laughs> out here. And my understanding is that if I press this button. Yes. And then I'm going to press another button. Yes. That, really? Yes. I, that we're going to. Oh, here it is. Oh, and nice. then I can press this. And my understanding is, where are we? Oh, hey, I got this guy. to rotate that around. Take that around. Yes. Nice. That we can send things to our oh, Patreon nice. patrons. Hi. Hi, patrons. Live as we're doing things. So <laughs> even though you and I are busy recording a podcast, they're also seeing right now this video up on the Patreon, oh, Patreon nice. site. Patreon or is it Patreon? Patreon, I think. You guys tell us what it yeah. is. <laughs> so, oh, look, there's me saying hi to him. And I think I just oh, set look, it up there. My hand was like this, like a little kid's in that picture instead of hi. It was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple of new subscribers to the newsletter before we get into that topic of the day and our totally doable sex tips. Looks like they're all domestic domestic <laughs> as are. well instead of international. So we have M from, is that Massachusetts? Why not? Massachusetts. Sherry from New Jersey. Allie from Florida. Nikki from, oh, sorry, Nick from Seattle. JJ Harmo from Portland. And Josh from North Carolina. Nice. So welcome, guys. So these are all people that have joined our newsletter so that they cannot get any emails from us whatsoever. Well, no, I am getting ready to put out a newsletter because PXS tickets just went on sale. Mm -hmm. So a newsletter will be going out. So advertising that Power Exchange Summit tickets are on sale for the May event. So if you've ever wanted to attend an event that is Mm -hmm. focused just on the Power Exchange relationships, go check out powerexchangesummit.org. Uh, Don, did you know that the Eating Apple Pie podcast is higher rated than Erotic Awakening? No, it can't be. Take a moment <laughs> to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, 
TuneIn, Podbean, or even now Spotify. So, or, or just tell your friends. In DDO. So we are on number, and you don't even have this on your notes. I don't uh-huh. have this. I don't know what's coming up. Number five of the totally doable sex tips. Sex and this tips. one is actually similar. So this goes into our exhibitionism topic. Okay. Dawn. Yes. We can play the penis game in public. <laughs> it is such a simple little game. Take a, You just take turns uttering the word penis louder and louder somewhere in public. Why? Because it's embarrassing and silly, but also hilarious. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, that's such a teenage thing to do. It is. It is. <laughs> Have you ever played that game before? No, absolutely not. Have you? I I don't think so, but with the people I hang out with, it'd be no big deal. They'd go from penis to penis in yeah. like three seconds. <laughs> I, <laughs> they may not even start out with penis. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to suggest that's dumb. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can see why. I have a reason that I would think that's dumb. Why? Because the people around me aren't consenting to being involved in whatever it is that we're doing. Yeah, I would I be watching out for kids. I'd be watching out for, you know, so it wouldn't be fun for me because I would place so many rules around right. it as to what's allowed. Me we, personally, I would place rules around it. We are it. old and stuck in the mud. You yeah. kids go play the penis game. <laughs> How about this instead? Now, this one I like. Okay. Swap, not only do I like it, have we done it? Swap favorite pornos. Oh, yeah. Trade links via email or sit down for a double feature at home. Either way, you get a uh, a peek at your solo your partner's solo sex routine and uh-huh. their innermost desires. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's how we changed our friendship to a sex ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think that's, that's a really a word, but, but no, yeah, absolutely. swapping porn. We didn't know each other had the same interest. As friends, we didn't talk, like I said, painfully shy at some points, not always into sharing. And now I do a podcast and anybody can ask me anything. I am pretty sure I've played this with you and I'm positive I've played it with other people. Okay. Probably more so with other people because of the way that our porn collection is, has been created. Mm-hmm. Our porn collection, for those that are interested, is um, 90% still images mm-hmm. with some... Um, GIFs, GIFs, some animated images yeah. as well. No, maybe a movie or two in there somewhere, and I somewhere. don't think that there is. And more than likely, there are movies that we made. <laughs> well, we'll put that on hold. So in the younger days of the internet, I used to have this little robot that went out to Usenet, and it downloaded from all the porn sites. Right. And then you have these thousands of naughty pictures, and you go through them one by one and keep, mm-hmm. them drop, keep or throw away, keep or throw away. Mm-hmm. So, and as time goes by, our tastes change. Mm -hmm. So the fun thing to do is to play hot or not. So you get our 4,000 random images. Right. And you sit there with a partner. You and I did it. And you randomly have the pictures pop up and you see hot or not. And you see how compatible you are. Or if you learn something interesting about your partner. Yeah. I like that still. I wish there was ways of doing that. And there might be, but... None that I'm aware of. I know for me, I would collect a lot off of IRC. Mm-hmm. So, And it was just funny because when um, you and I sat together with our porn that night, and I can remember that night on the porch, right? Our 
partners at the time were all into one sort of pictures and you and I were into other sorts of pictures. So, you know, a picture would pop up with a a woman with her hand twisted in a girl's hair that Uh was kneeling in front of her. Remember that picture? Mm -hmm. And it was just faces and hand in hair. And well, it wasn't even faces. It was just the girl submitting. It was her face and the hand and the hair. And I'm like, hot. And your partner and my partner's like, not and you were hot and Uh and yeah so and then a playgirl picture would come up with her pose or whatever and and they were the hot and i'm like not and yeah it is a neat way to get to learn absolutely agree absolutely agree we enjoyed the heck out of that Mm -hmm. all right one more another okay uh well well, maybe you like this one okay draw each other naked in titanic (laughs) jack sketches Rose naked, and it's precious and sexy. I used to be able to draw really well. I don't draw humans well. It may not be a pretty picture once it's done. (laughs) Are you drawing my picture right now? Yep, there we are. Oh, that's beautiful. Isn't it nice? Stick figures with a... What the hell is that? That's a huge penis, though. Oh, it's a huge penis. Okay. I guess it's <laughs> it's kind a stick of, penis. <laughs> looks like a snake coming out of my three leg. Or did I have a random hole over here and something's <laughs> reaching into it? It's kind of got this um, weird trans-dimensional. Oh, I love the boobs. They're not. The they're off-centered. Circles. Yes. All right. Well, mine are off-centered. So. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm, I'm a damn good artist, apparently. Yeah. All right. So this is going to take us into the interview that we have today. Um, I do want to uh, mention quickly, though, we have a new friend from Brazil. Parana, Parana, P-A-R-A-N-A. Okay. They found us via Spotify, which is a new podcast sort of thing. Nice, nice. Well, I've got uh, tentacles. Well, tell us about your tentacles quick. Okay, so Kayubi, so off of FetLife, Mm long-time contributor to my tentacle thing, um, sent me a picture of some octopus jewelry. Always nice. And then Tinkster and Dolly sent me, uh, there's this website that's selling like tentacle dresses. So they're just beautiful dresses with tentacle coming up the the panels on them. So really pretty. Unfortunately, not my size. Ah. Their extra large is a 12 and not going to (laughs) happen in this lifetime. Um, and then, oh. Even more interesting than that. Yes. Is 705 sent me a picture of an orange pressed between two boobs. And nice. it, was, it was still a full orange, so you'd have to really yes. squeeze the boobs hard to get orange juice out of it. Yes. Challenge accepted. <laughs> nice. So we're going to get into our interview now. Um, you and I recently attended the South Plains Southwest West. Leather Fest. Fest. No, Southwest. Look, right here oh, on good. my shirt. Southwest Leather Conference. Fabulous. Oh, <laughs> you should always wear shirts to remind yes. you of what I'm supposed to be saying. <laughs> and it was, uh, for people that like you and I that have attended over 100 events, it's really neat to come across an event that's somewhat different. Mm-hmm. And it was great for us to share some time with one of the people that were there in the beginning. And we're going to share that with you now, at least for our audio listeners. If you are on the video feed, you are not going to get this interview. Instead, I will. you can watch me eat this piece of apple pie. <laughs> oh, I didn't even my mouth was closed. 
So Dawn, here we are at Southwest Leather Conference. Yes, I was looking at it that time because I don't <laughs> want to say the wrong thing again. And uh, we are currently being joined by Ed. And Ed, I understand that you've been part of this conference for a little while. Uh, yes, I think starting in 2006. So, wow, 12 years. So quite a while. So as we were talking about before we started recording, this conference seems to me a little bit different from every other leather conference, and for that matter, King Conference. Conference says as well, <laughs> right? What makes this conference different? Ah, uh, well, I think the the term that they use is woo. Mm. Uh, this is the woo conference. Um, a little bit of history, and, and maybe I'm I'm the the one of the founders of, of Butchman's um, at the time, Master Steve. Mm -hmm. uh, now Cozen or Dickman Tim. Founded Butchman's based on some Buddhist principles. Okay. Um, of um, spirituality and uh, responsibility, some very, some very fundamental things, and and that became the foundation for this. The the idea of, of Butchman's experience is to find yourself. Um, and to find the, the spiritual self, the right. inner self. Uh, and that's what we try to do. And there's a variety of methods to do that. I don't know if you've ever been to... Before the leather conference was a big deal, they had the um, Butchman's Experience Weekends. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you've ever attended one. No, but familiar um, with it. But um, it's based on a few principles, and, and they employ, I guess it was called body stress mechanics, or otherwise people call it plate. Whips and chains and, and piercings <laughs> and all that sort of thing. Um, but it's quite... Um, common in those experiences for people to experience a cathartic experience during a flogging or a piercing or a mummification. Uh, and if, if sometimes it's for the first time they've ever had such a cathartic experience. So I think one of the things that developed out of this was this whole concept of cathartic flogging, which is a flogging with spiritual intent mm -hmm. to induce this catharsis. Um, and it seems to be effective, it seems to work. Um, so I think we are distinguished in other conferences is that we focus on that um, to capture that spirituality, that that uh, that inner self, and that expression. Um, one of the things Master Steve taught us was uh, a definition of love, and it was not what I had expected. Um, it's not an emotion. Um, he said, "Love is the action." Mm of allowing someone to be just who they are. So it's action-based. Um, I look at it as Bushman's being in love with all the people that come here, all the kinky folk. And it, that's our action, to bring them together, to allow them to be themselves. And I, I think that we focus on that at this conference. Be yourself, be whoever you want to be, be who that person is inside, and find that. Because we live in a society where that's, a, that's not allowed. It's suppressed. It's frowned on. So I think that um, promoting that self-expression and becoming yourself is what the rule is all about. But isn't that fairly common in any leather conference? The idea that you can be whoever you are? Um, yes, but they may not focus on the spiritual right. aspect of it. Right. Okay. So it's a deeper level. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've noticed at uh, this event, like I said, this is the first time we've been. We've been wanting to come, but haven't been able to make it. So, and we've already um, been to two meditations and Tai Chi and an intent ritual and just yeah, the twelve-step meetings seem to be very involved in it and. So a little different. And, yeah. and it's amazing to see a lot of events try this, right? They try to add this level of spirituality, and it doesn't quite gel. I think we had the, the good fortune of uh, having people like uh, Master Steve, um, Slave Kirk, mm-hmm. um, Master Skip, and a few others that really saw this as a as a um, as a mission, as a as a ministry. Mm-hmm. And I think that flavor is still, it still kind of permeates the organization. That's still our focus. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like yeah. that some of the classes are just straight out spiritual classes, right? It's not about kink. It's not about MS. It's just. Yeah, because I mean, we want. To, I mean, a lot of the people here um, live a, a MS lifestyle twenty four seven, and we like to be able to have them take something home with them that they can use. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So how did you decide or how did someone decide to do the dance with souls? Because is it that's a big thing at this event as well. Yes. Uh, again, I would go back to uh, Cozen or our Master Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he had a relationship with, um, I'm trying to think of the um, couple that are the, the piercing. Um, oh, uh, I know who you mean. I want to say Fakir. Yes. 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 Uh, so I think it was just kind of a natural blend. It's not, mm-hmm. it's fun. Oh. I know the first time I went to a leather conference, I think it was 2006. Um, it was the second or third one. Um, it did the Dance of Souls. Yeah. And I had never seen anything like this before mm-hmm. in my life. Right. You know, with the drumming and the. You know, right. Um, and I saw Master Steve afterwards, and I said, you sure know how to throw a party. <laughs> um, to be in a room with that many people, right? Um, just really expressing themselves and enjoying themselves and celebrating and having the experiences they have. And walking through fear, I mean, because that's a spiritual moment that is, is probably harder for some people to walk through than a flogging. That is the, the, the key to Butchman's, is, yeah. um, is action. Yeah. Okay. Experiential learning. Hmm. Um, you motivate someone to walk through that fear. That's their action. And nice. it's just a tremendous payoff. Um, Master Steve's uh, favorite saying was that you, that which you fear the, fir- the most, do first. Yeah, that's why, well, I know at least that's why I might be doing that dance tomorrow, but we'll see. Oh, no, a fear there. At, no, no, absolutely. <laughs> uh, encourage you to do it. It's, um, um, I did several of them, um, and of course I, I don't know what my motives were at the time, but I, I went flying every time. Yeah. Um, but I had um, one experience during the Dance of Souls that is, um, I still don't have the words to express it, but, but a very profound experience. Mm-hmm. It can be powerful. Can you explain what the Dance of Souls is? Because like my sister just asked me, like Dance of Souls, and I'm like, uh, all I'm going to tell you is it involves hooks. It's derived from a Hindu ritual. Okay. And the purpose is to uh, reach an ecstatic place. Mm-hmm. 
So using pain to reach an ecstatic place, right. or just endorphins, maybe. Well, it, it might not I mean, it's well, body stress mechanics. Whether it's body stress mechanics, it could be it could be a flogging or a whipping or a piercing or a dance of souls. All that stuff is the same thing. But the dance of souls has an energizing environment. Mm -hmm. um, when you get what three hundred people in that ballroom. Um, you might have you um, an, a, another interesting interview you might want to think about is uh, with Master Bird mm -hmm. uh, yes. because they Master they're Bird. doing uh, very scientific studies on all this right so um, it's amazing, yeah they're, they're actually documenting the, the changes in your metabolism and your body chemistry before oh, and actually, after these events we're actually friends with a few people about okay so you're, that. you're familiar with that yeah. Yes. yeah yeah and then the science of BDSM and keeping that in balance with the spirituality yeah. aspect yeah. but um, but again, it's the action, I think, that is, is uh, what's important. Again, the, one of the foundations of uh, Buddhist teachings is experiential learning. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's been carried off into this Buddhism. That's why the Buddhism experience, it wasn't just talking about uh, doing a flogging. You actually do one. Right. You know, have the, have the experience. Uh, so a lot of that, and that's, I think, our focus is, you know, jump off the cliff, face to fear, walk through, and have the experience. Man. Yeah, okay. We you, teach that. Now. I know. Now you feel like geez. doing it sometimes. We have a hard time doing it sometimes. So, um, <laughs> one more question for you, if you don't mind. Where do you? So you started with this conference in 2006. Where do you see it being in 10 years from now? <laughs> that made you sit back. <laughs> I'll be too old to remember in 10 years. <laughs> um, I hope it endures. You know, things change. Um, we've had, uh, what's this, 12 years, 12, 15 years? I forgot mean, how many years we've got going on here now, but it's... Uh, 16, I think someone 16. said. Yeah, and, and things change. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to think that it is still thriving 10 years from now, and the message, is, the message won't change. Right. Well, we hope so, too. Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah, well, yeah no, I've been to your conference up in the Great Lakes. Okay. Um, yeah. It's got a lot of good energy too. Had a great time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've been to Master Channels back in Washington, and DC, yeah. Dallas, and San Jose, and right. you know, so I. Uh, they're all good. They all do a lot of the same things. Uh, people can have cathartic experiences with any SM right. type activity. Right. So I think what distinguishes us is the deliberate attempt to induce that. Yeah. And yeah. focus on it. Nice. Ed, thank you very much for taking some time and sitting with us today. Okay, my this pleasure. It was a pleasure, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Toss us a dollar by heading over to eroticawakening.com and click on the support us on Patreon button. Our in music is provided by Pocket Universe and the song is Whim. The official EA Twatter is Andy. Oh, the current sender of tentacles is Kayubi. And the provider of Johnny... <laughs> the provider of graphic novels is Johnny Jackhammer and Goody Witch of the North of the Sequential Sex Podcast. And the official food that goes on boobs is actually... Oranges. Oranges. By Dawn. <laughs> By Dan.